Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmaid and on this week's podcast edition, we return to our archive and find ourselves transfixed by the meditative and transcendental music of Alice Coltrane, Turiya Sangeeta Nada. That particular place of divinity, that basis, seemed to provide the palette in order for all that just wondrous magic, wondrous sound, wondrous being to come through. And we're pretty lucky to have it shared. On this edition, we speak to musician Surya Botafasina about his quest to bring the music of Alice Coltrane's Ashram from L.A. to LSO St. Luke's back on the 18th of November 2017. On this day, the music drew inspiration from the spiritual community Alice founded in the early 1980s. There, a multi-generational and multi-ethnic community developed, and every Sunday, an open service was held, inviting outsiders to join the group's spiritual practice through song. Back in 2017, it was made available to a wider audience for the first time ever, through Luwaka Bop's release of World Spirituality Classics 1, The Ecstatic Music of Alice Coltrane. Surya spoke to me. We start with how he met this incredible musician and spiritual leader for the first time. Um, I always was aware of her because I, I never knew a day without her. Since I grew up, basically, the first house I lived in was in Southern California. was right next door to her house. And that was when I was, the first recollection of her truly was probably around three years old or earlier. Primarily, she was just always, she was always a presence, you know? There was never a search that I had to make to try to, you know, ascertain if I felt dedicated to her because she always, I remember her from the beginning, from the same days like I do my mother. Did she encourage you musically? She was incredibly encouraging musically, and not only encouraging musically, but she also, you know, starting to practice some of the, the classical music from some of the great composers, and she challenged me to uh, to learn a Frederick Chopin piece that I, I felt was way beyond my my ability and facility. I talked to her more about life than I did music for a long time. More than anything, she was a spiritual guide for us living on the ashram. It was never like a conversation that was just based on chord changes and, and riffs. It was always a conversation that was based in spirituality and ascension and growth as a human being. And that's where she would have a lot of conversations with not only myself, but others who grew up there. But for me, 
It was always, it was always about life first. Were you surprised at the the strong reaction when Luaka Bob released what had been just private cassette recordings? No, I'm not surprised. Quite honestly, I mean her, her name and her her presence and her being were always ahead of time, if you will. You know, she was always on the cutting edge of things. Exemplified by these recordings, which have organ Overheim synth and strings and her voice. What an interesting quartet of instruments to mash up and make into a, you know, into a wonderful sound. And so I was never, I'm never surprised by the reaction to her or to her work, mainly because of it's just really easy for a lot of people to tap into. And it's more unusual to hear her sing. That's obviously something that we haven't heard before. That's what I think is interesting for a lot of people is that her voice is incredibly distinct. Even her speaking voice, if you've ever heard. The eyewitness of our thoughts our sayings our activities Supreme Some of her interviews are her, um, her what were called thought songs, which are basically like sermons, if you will, on Sundays that we had, is that her voice is so incredibly unique, and her range that she's singing with is not even as obvious, maybe to some, because her range sounds like a very rich alto, not kind of lower tone, but she could sing high notes, incredibly high notes, ones that, you know, would be typically um, associated with a soprano voice. And her, her voice is truly a magical instrument, just un- unlike any other instrument I've ever heard. Everything is unique about her. Her heart playing, her piano playing is just mesmerizing, intricate. Absolutely. And there's a reason for that in my eyes. It's her connection with the divine, her connection with with truly just simply the most humble person I've ever seen in my life. That particular place of divinity, that basis, seemed to provide the palette in order for all that just wondrous magic, wondrous sound wondrous being to come through and we're pretty lucky to have it shared in whatever fashion especially with this recording and other ways that she you know that she did for us of course i'm biased but i i do find it incredibly powerful did she speak to you at all about the reasons behind setting up the ashram in the in the first place as everything she was like i was directed by god to do it ain't really a whole lot to talk about if somebody says that I was divinely inspired. <laughs> it's like, okay. And also for me, it wasn't even as much on my radar because I was I was barely five or six years old when we moved into the ashram. So for me, it was just a, like, okay, here we are. This is where I live. Another way of asking that is, did she talk about her husband at all? I mean, they were only together for a short period of time, but his death obviously affected her and um, led to a spirituality blooming. She didn't talk about it a lot, but when she did, there was an incredible amount of devotion, dedication, and reverence. The most I heard her talk about him was um, when she was speaking about when he wrote A Love Supreme, how he went through that process, 
he repeated the story in many different outlets, but how he went through the process of being being in his studio and then arriving, you know, with the with the music in hand, and she says as as if he was, you know, Moses coming through with the with the two tablets. As far as a comparison of reverence, could you describe the ashram to us? I think it's it's in the Santa Monica Mountains and it's forty eight acres. It must be very beautiful. Oh man, it's picturesque. It's it's really picturesque. I mean, quite honestly, one of the most peaceful places you will ever find on earth. It was it's interesting because closer you get to the, like the the gate and the area where it's at, the more you realize, the more you know. Especially even me knowing being incredibly familiar with the land, the more we would become disarmed and disassociated with some of the things that maybe we would associate with a metropolis, if you will. I mean, I live in New York City now, the complete opposite. (laughs) And uh, the ashram, if you can imagine these 48 acres or those who haven't been there, was literally nestled in the middle of these mountains in in a cool, calm little valley. And in this Little valley, there was a small stream that came from a nearby lake, and in this stream, you would see ducks, you would see fish, you would see other animals like crawfish. There would be deer literally walking around uh, the grounds. Sometimes you'd see raccoons, but they like to get into stuff late at night, terrify trash. That's cool. In this enclave of beauty, you know, there would there would be such such quiet, such peace. You can't hear any traffic. You can't hear any cars really you can really only hear the the wind blowing through the trees and other such sounds of nature so that alone just allowed for an incredible amount of of calm if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
how do you take that and translate it in some form to a concert such as we'll hear in London? That's the hardest part, quite honestly, because the feeling is really everything, you know? The best thing that we could do is just sing and chant from the heart. That's the best thing we can do. That's first and foremost. And then the second thing that we can do after that is really try to pay homage to her arrangements or to her, you know, some of the technical things as far as, you know, there's a, there's a lot of the direct chord changes that we transcribe down from, you know, some of the stuff from the recording to really try to make sure that we're there playing in the same exact key, you know, everything. We we do that and we just try to have, you know, the biggest thing we can do is invite, just like the ashram back in the days, is we invite everybody who's present in that room at the same time to participate, to sing with us in, in whatever form and fashion makes them feel like they're dedicating their best self to a little bit of the music. This is music that was that wasn't just music. This was a this was a prayer. It was a, it was a, a constant prayer. If people want to do some things, especially in today's day and times, when we have a crazy person as a president in this country, I think prayer is needed. How has the response been from the audience at the previous performances? Have, have they joined in naturally? You know what? They by, they warm up, you know, because when people are coming to see us, they're still a little bit saying like, okay, I'm at a concert. I need to sit down. I need to clap at the end of every song. You know, that kind of vibe. I also have to be fair in saying that we are presenting, you know, songs that are in a language which is foreign to 99.9% of the people who are hearing it. So there's not exactly an initial like, oh yeah, let me jump in and start singing some Sanskrit right now because the familiarity might not be as, you know, as instant, which I totally get. But, you know, if people want to hang on to a word like Rama or Krishna, like Narayana, be my guest. You know, <laughs> you are more than welcome. And um, so in that sense, you know, you I start to find people they warm up through the course of our of our playing and singing together. So by the time an hour and hour and change has passed, you can find some people joining us. And if you can't sing, you can always clap. Could you talk about how music was incorporated into the into the community and into the services? It sounds like it was at the at the front, at the core. Well, I think you know, there's actually I agree with you, and I, I kind of don't because I think that we find sometimes in a, you know, in some churches, if you will, some even like Baptist churches, like the music is the big deal. You know, sure, there's the format was very similar in the sense is that there was a there'd be an opening as far as a you know welcome, if you will, and then there would be a sermon of sorts. Uh, it's called Satsang. And she would speak to us and, you know, quote the Bhagavad Gita and just be unscripted. But there was a clear line of uh, topic. And then after that, you know, after her speaking to us for maybe well, 30 minutes or so, somewhere give or take in that range, then the music would begin. And that's where it was very synonymous with a lot of things that you would find. It was just the music was so unique. Now, and that's what I think is so interesting as well, because, you know, in other faiths and other places, the music is, is always nice and lovely, but it also typically is not being played by one of the leading musicians of her time. So that there, you know, her level of 
of expertise and her level of just absolute perfection with her craft was obviously, you know, there when she sat at the organ. Certainly a highlight, without a doubt. Not only a highlight, but it was the thing that, you know, kind of dominated the afternoon. It was a thing that happened constantly throughout the week. So in that particular sense, the, the budgets, as we call them, were always present. Who are the musicians and singers you're bringing over with you? We've been kind of mirroring some stuff in the, you know, in the ashram. You know, Swamini would be sitting at the organ. She'd be playing the organ and, and bass pedals on her feet, if you will. And then throughout the course of the room, there would be various people holding and playing uh, percussion and various sorts of drums and, and, and things like that in the room. So what we have to mirror that is a... Um, I play keyboards. I have two keyboards that I play. One that has more of an organ or piano sound, if you will. Then I have another keyboard to simulate some of her synth work and some of the um, some of the bass work. And then I'm bringing along a drummer who we never had really a drummer in the Mundir, but I felt it was appropriate for us to have a drummer with us so we could really have some time and establish. Our um, when I say time, I mean tempo. When when we try to establish that tempo and and have that nice and steady for those who are participating with us to uh, to join into. been a journey. We have rehearsed music that was never really rehearsed. We have put together music and tried to transcribe music that never really had, you know, chord charts and stuff, if you will. So that's been an interesting, um, an interesting path for us to take because we have found ourselves maybe in the first time, like, okay, like we really went by so fast or we were a little bit nervous. And then the second time it was like, okay, this feels like a little bit, feels good, feels familiar. And then the third time was like, all right, you know, this, you have a good idea of what's going on now as far as how to just, you know, keep things moving. And then now coming up in LA, I expect us to be even more comfortable because what it comes down to, and by the time we get to London out there, what it comes down to is us just, just putting our best selves out there and singing from the heart and not being afraid to just um, step into that. Just based on chord changes and, and riffs, it was always a conversation that was based in spirituality and ascension and growth as a human being. I suppose, maybe this is over the top, but I suppose it's like hearing probably one of the best concerts you've ever heard, but being able to hear it again and again. That's not over the top at all. That's right on. And the best part about this concert, as you describe it, is that it wasn't a concert. It was just just simply just praises. Just, you know, really just dedicating a part of our, our hearts and our souls to really enjoying the best part about ourselves and putting that forth through song and devotion. And um, until I started studying music myself, how much she was playing at that organ and how much, I mean, just the sheer level of 
just wondrous musicianship. It, it was never something that I analyzed before, but as I started going for in school and started going taking and you know, learning such things as theory and whatnot, and then I started listening to what she was playing, and then the feeling behind it, I was I was blown away each time because. You know, when like you go to a residency of a really great artist and they were there for like three weeks, you're like, wow, that was an awesome three weeks. You know, like I got to listen to this person play and it was just beautiful and it was so inspiring. Well, you take that three weeks and you multiply that by about 30 years and, some, and somewhat maybe give or take. And that's what we were fortunate enough to have. And that will forever have a profound impact. I think everyone's view of devotional music and certainly my view of just what playing music from the heart really looks like and sounds like. Do you think Alice Coltrane would have given the project her blessing? I think she already has in a lot of ways I really do nothing happens you know in coincidence with her I think everything is intentional in some form or fashion and I really think she would be proud of how hard we're trying to really pay you know this music and not just the music it's not the notes but to pay the spirit of the music to really give it its due to really access the most you know divine parts of our our souls and do our best. She always was very, very encouraging. Anytime we try to do our best from a place of humility and eradicating our ego out of the picture. And anytime we did that, it was always supported. If anything was trying to be put forth for personal gain or accolades, then it, it never, it, it, that's not the move, you know? Because that's not what she was about. Thanks to Saria for speaking to us. A moving, deep and profound performance for all of those who were lucky enough to be there back in November 2017. I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. Here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and theme series. Please subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.